quick question before we get into the games or anything and also everyone welcome to the show g-day john yeah i know this is a bit left field but everyone was talking about it last weekend i just had to bring it up did you see the squad that sad gout uh sad get picked <laughs> is it sad gout <laughs> is it sorry i got tongue-tied <coughs> You said Sarah's gout gay. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> yeah, can, excuse me. Anyways, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I saw the um, squad, and once again, um, English fans are incensed by the selection. I mean, and I don't blame them this time because he's. He always says he picks based on what uh, form. Yeah, right? no. When he first took the job. He said he was only gonna pick based off form mm. and not merit. Yeah. But every squad he has picked seems to be based on merit. <laughs> I mean, merit would even be good, but like some of those players don't no, have any merit, <laughs> at least no, right now. No, because I mean, seeing someone like Ivan Tony in there is good because he started the the season on fire. Yeah. So I was like seeing him there, and I, I think everyone was pretty much happy about that because they're like. It's it's a fr- you actually say okay this player is doing well, seen someone like Harry Kane, okay yeah he hasn't lit it on fire but he still scored goals mm-hmm. he still got an assist. The the problem is like when you get to like midfield, yeah, and then you see someone like <sighs> Missy Mount hasn't had a good start to the season but okay, I get it. And it's funny thing he only picked five midfielders. He picked 12 defenders. Jeez. Pretty much he could fill that entire team of defenders. I mean, I saw Th- that the, has seemed to be like a thing that the, he does. Yeah, like the, the joke in England right now was that like Gareth Southgate loves his uh, his right backs because... He, you know, pick like a million right backs. He, he's always in picking... One team. Right, but he, he only picked five midfielders and one of them was uh, Calvin Phillips. Oh yeah, Who? and Calvin Phillips has only like what started one game for City. He hasn't started any game. He's played like a total of 20 minutes this season so far. <sighs> and he picked him. And then people were saying, oh, maybe that is based. And then the other person that he picked, that everybody was shocked, Harry Maguire. Yeah, I mean. He's having a terrible time at United. I know that's been his boy, but Harry Maguire has not done anything in the past. Like even since the end of last season, he has not been good. And he and he's been dropped in the Man United start starting lineup. So, it it really isn't. If it was merit, that would be one thing. Merit is like you know you're doing the job and you deserve to be there. Form is oh you're you're playing very well right now. That's not even form or merit. That's just I like this player, so I'm gonna pick him. I mean, I think in general he's done decently for England, but. I, I don't know. It's a weird one to me. And uh, I, I feel like people... Another thing is people were upset that he didn't pick Ben White, but then he picked Maguire. And um, who who else did he pick there in the in the back line? I mean, so the other one that people were shocked was Luke Shore. Yeah. What, have we seen him in the past how many months? No, like, uh, I can't remember the name of the player who's been playing left back for United, but that dude has come in and he's like been doing business. I mean, not that he's lit, but like he's was done it a, a Dallow or no, no, no Dallow is right back. He's the one oh, that's sorry. taken Wambasaka's uh, place. His name is like Mar Mar something. I can't remember, mm, but he's coming yeah. and he's done a good job. At least a better job than Luke Shore. Yeah, and it's like, what is like? Why is Luke Shore there? And then uh, the other player is uh, Connor Cody. Connor Cody has had terrible times since he's been at Everton. That's why I, I mean, someone like Eric Dyer makes sense. Eric, Eric Dyer, Dyer has, 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 has had his good season. You know, he's he's kind of improved uh, since like, Conte came in. Yeah, even Ben Chilwell has he's he he's come back played, from injury. He's come you back know. from injury. He hasn't played that much, but he is he's played more than yeah. some others. Trent hasn't had uh, a good he's season not so started far. Started well. This was but I, I would still understand Trent even being there. Like, yeah, but this is something. Like, even good. Liverpool fans were like, hmm, Trent. Yeah, he's been playing well, like, and like, why would but you but that him? one is still more acceptable than like 
Cody and, Cody Maguire and, and, and Shaw. Maguire and Shaw. I just can't understand it. Like Fikayo Tamari, I was glad to see him because like usually players who don't play in England, Southgate doesn't even look at them at all. Mm. But I was like, this dude just won the league last year with uh, AC Milan. He's been playing well this season, yeah. signed a new contract. I was like, Stones make sense. Trippier has been doing well okay in for Newcastle. Even Walker hasn't played that much. Yeah, he had, actually, that was actually a bit of a surprise. And then, <sighs> yeah, it's just confusing. Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips. Mount has not been good. Phillips, Phillips. not played. Yeah, I just. Why is there only five midfielders? Like, what kind of team is he building? I mean, people say he likes a back three, but it's more like a back five. Yeah, I just... And I think he only... He pl- prefers to play with probably two midfielders. Cause, so even though he's he picked Jude Bellingham, I doubt he's going to pick him. He's probably going to play with Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips. Because, you know... It's just Gar- more South defensive-minded. He's very, very pragmatic. If we think Conte likes playing defensive game, we just... At least his teams know how to like go on the counter and attack. Yeah. Southgate is like, no, just sit back. And then even for the attack, Grealish has played, but he hasn't. <laughs> We're looking <laughs> at the, the English uh, football website. They haven't put up the photo of Ivan Tony yet. I guess he yeah, hasn't done he, his. He's never played a game for England, so they don't have yeah. a, a picture. Like Sterling. Okay. Sterling, I can understand. Saka, Kane, Saka yes. Abraham, Kane, Bowen, yes. Foden. Foden, yeah. Grealish. Mm. Even Grealish hasn't started the season very well. I mean, he had a good performance over yeah, the but at weekend. least he's been playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you can excuse that he's been playing. Phillips? At least even much, you can still say Mount has been playing. Well, Mount has not been good. <laughs> the, the thing about this is that like people are saying that I saw even a, a lot of Manchester United fans were shocked. I'm shocked to see uh, this. They were like, "Yeah, these are our players," but like, how on earth are these those guys? Those are the team? people on the fringes of the team. And it, and I saw someone's asking a question that like, let's say someone like Harry Maguire is not even like in the starting lineup for United up until the World Cup, and maybe he only has like, because even the Europa League that he just played, he didn't start that game. He came on as a substitute, and he didn't really look good. Mm. And then people think that like. Even if Harry Maguire doesn't play a single minute of football up until the World Cup, they believe Southgate will still, still pick him. Pick him. And you know what? I'm starting to also believe that. Like he, he clearly has his favorites. Yeah, and I understand Maguire has played well for him. I mean, the last when they lost four 0 to um, was it was it Hungary or something? Uh, their last international game, Maguire didn't play. Mm. And. Um, and when they also lost to Hungary earlier, when they lost 1-0, I think Maguire only came on a, as a substitute. So I, I think the thing is that Maguire is a player who only works in a particular system. Yeah, and that is maybe that's why Southgate keeps picking yeah, him. And I think it, it has to be like pretty much, pretty much almost like a back three that has two defensively-minded midfielders in front of him that also help. <laughs> oh, man. It is because... Think of how many times have you seen Southgate play with like an attacking midfielder? Hmm. I don't think not f- not in the Euros. Like who was in the middle? It was usually Calvin Phillips and maybe uh, Declan Rice or some or someone like that, or maybe mm. Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Mason Mount is a midfielder, but he played him more as a wide, F- wide uh, attack, wide forward. Hmm. I don't get it, man. I really don't get it because I think this generation of English players does have... A they have amazing talent. Yeah. I, I think pretty much what we're seeing with uh, Southgate and his England squad is a poor man's Antonio Conte. <laughs> I guess. I mean, here's the thing. If you gave Antonio Conte this team, I would probably be more confident. Oh, oh without question. Without question. Because uh, Conte always likes his wing backs. And so we know that he will definitely have someone like Riz James. You probably have Riz James over Trent because Trent is not great defensively, and Conte likes people who are very mm. defensively, defensively aware. But I think even in the in the middle of the park, he probably was still he was still put even. I think he would still pick someone like Bellingham before Sarki would. Mm. I don't think he Conte would pick. Phillips or um, 
he probably would still pick Phillips because he still Ward wants someone Prowse. to protect. I mean, maybe he would pick Ward Prowse. Maybe he won't pick. He would, Mount. but I doubt Conte will pick twelve defenders. No. I Even mean, as a defensively minded coach, twelve defenders. Yeah, that's a that is actually a lot. Like that's the thing that boggles my mind. And then some people were saying maybe the reason why he didn't pick um, Ben White is because Ben White has been playing as a right back, and then so maybe that, it, that none of that makes sense. And it, it's a weak excuse, but you could say it's something of an excuse because, I mean, here for for right backs, you could say he has Trent, he has a uh, Reese, he has a uh, Kyle Walk- Walker, and even also Karen Trippier as well. Okay, but then you know, Ben White is primarily a centre back. He's only been playing right back recently. So, Maguire and Shaw, to be honest. Even Manu fans would tell you that it doesn't make sense that Maguire and Shaw are in there over Ben White. Or Connor Cody, for that matter. I think pretty much everyone would say that, except Southgate. Because seeing stuff like this just makes me think that, yeah, England is not going to win this thing. Even if they can somehow grind their way to like a semi-final, I just don't because the one time when he should have been brave in the Euros was in that final and this is the last yeah. chance that that you know uh, of international games before uh, yeah before the World Cup so I, I think it would be nice it would be good for them for him to at least try out a bunch yeah. of different yeah. setups just the last time to see who is able to you know uh, who he can play who he can add the only thing I think that was re- a really good decision was adding Ivan Tony. Besides no, that, I mean, a lot of the players he picked, no one has a problem with with that. At least with his forwards, I don't think people have much issue. Maybe Grealish, but the forwards he picked, it's just that only five midfielders. And then Anyways, that's for the English team to worry yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> it's still it's still hilarious. That's. Like he could literally just fill an entire team of just defenders, yeah, and and be like, "Yo, come at me, bro." But anyway, I- I- enough of uh, scratching our heads about uh, Gareth Southgate. Uh, we had the uh, Premier League football this weekend back again after uh, the uh, uh, situation that's going on in England with the uh, passing of the Queen, whose funeral was uh, was today. Condolences to the royal family, but. Uh, teams got to play and show their respects you know i saw in the uh, 70th minute of uh of pretty much all the games they they all all the fans got up to to clap and stuff yeah um i think they did some nice tributes and they had the images on all the screens um in the stadiums for the the reduced fixture list for the weekend um but besides that, I think I think everything went off without a hitch. Yeah, it did. And for me, it just shows that they should have just played last week. Yeah. I mean, we, then, can, yeah. <laughs> we can keep going back and forth on that one. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, if we just let's just run through the games pretty quickly. Friday actually had two games that surprised me. Uh, I didn't realize it until Friday itself. Villa, Southampton and Nottingham Forest and Fulham. And uh, Villa got a hard fought win at home, one nil against Southampton, which uh, eases the pressure slightly of Gerard. Yeah, just very slightly. Um, I think if they do stay up this season, which I expect Villa to, um, you know, maybe they'll look back and say, "Oh, not selling." Someone like Douglas Louise uh, before the end of the window was good for them. If if you know helps them stay up, and um, yeah, hard fought win. And um, one of the more interesting games of the day was the uh, Nottingham Forest versus Fulham. I think uh, in this game, I think Forest were leading. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> how they managed to do that. And Fulham came came roaring back. It's got like, yeah, three goals in the space of six minutes. I think it was Nottingham Forest were uh, one they, up till about the fiftieth minute. 
And then all of a sudden, Fulham just went on a blitz. And Nottingham Forest defense was horrid for, in, in the space of like five minutes, Fulham scored like three goals. It was ridiculous. But I mean, they were they were good money for it because I would say this Fulham side, they like, they look very different. I tweeted about it on Football by the Sea. They don't like, they're not pushovers. Yeah, no, this is a very different Fulham team to the one that's been a yo-yo club. And I think they actually could stay up. Oh. I think they will. I think they will. It's funny enough, um, five goals in this game, none of them was Mitrovic. <laughs> yeah, finally uh, finally stopped him from scoring. But still, they, maybe they spent too much time concentrating on Mitrovic and, uh, and lost out of the other players. But yeah, I think uh, Forrest is definitely might be going straight back down. It's, you know, unfortunate given... <sighs> how many additions they made. But then there's always the worry with that, that before you can get that team to gel, it's just going to take so long. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Because to be leading and then just give up three goals that easily um, is disappointing. They did get one back in the 77th minute, but uh, they could have honestly drawn this game. uh, And they brought on... I saw they brought on... um, uh, Jesse Lingard late in the second half and I was like ah I forgot about Jesse Lingard I think most people did because they forgot he's there because he hasn't done anything there yeah. I mean, it's nothing like when he was at uh, West Ham and, and lighting it up it's I mean he went there he's earning the, like the most money there and uh, yeah, he's, he's he's earning big money there but but then if you're earning big money, you mm. should... Coming off as a substitute, like, halfway through the second half. It's, yeah, you know, I that know. means maybe the manager doesn't have faith in him, or I don't know. All right, I think that it's just not clicking. Maybe it is having all those players is not helping. But, you know, Fulham, Fulham continue to, to impress, man. I mean, they're, they're in the top half of the table. They're sixth right now. You know what was the most surprising thing about that game? What? <laughs> William assisting on his return to the Premier League. That is all right. I, I forgot f- forgot his bad. Yeah, I was actually interested to follow it to see if he's gonna have a season like he did at uh, uh, at Arsenal, where he got like one assist that whole season. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe maybe Fulham will be better for. Yeah, better I think for him. you know. And uh, so moving on to uh, Saturday, and. Uh, City just continued their, uh, I guess, I, I guess I'll say it was like an easy game for them. I mean, City scored in the first minute. Jack Rowe scored in the first minute. It was just... Finally. He finally scored, but it, it was all City this game. And then Haaland got his uh, his goal. But, I mean, we should... No one should be surprised about Haaland that. Haaland goal. And it, did you see the record that uh, who was it? Collins got. I did not watch this game, so I. He know. straight up. The, um, do you remember the South Africa World Cup? The Nigel De Jong tackle on uh, Xabi Alonso when he practically karate kicked him. You need to refresh my memory. It was in the it was in the uh, World Cup final. I, I can't believe. Let me see. I was just, just trying to get to it was um yeah, did you see that so you play the ball and it's like see yeah <laughs> wait I need to see a close up of that oh, and then he starts saying it like replay. oh I was looking at the ball I was looking at the ball and it's like Dude, what do you mean we're looking at the ball? It was like a ball over the top and just knee into the stomach. Oh, no. Oh, no. no it was like studs, studs into, into the stomach. Side. Yeah. Jeez. Nathan Collins. Is he maybe, is he a new player? Because I've never heard of him. Uh, probably. I don't know. Jeez, man. Yeah, that one is, that's one of the more egregious yeah, I mean, like, uh, Grealish lift out up his shirt, and you could see, like, the mark on his stomach. Uh, yeah, you know, I was like, 
That's that's wild. I don't even know what you can say to that. It's just. Did uh, Diego Costa play? No, he wasn't even in the matchday squad. Okay. Like he still has to do some training. So probably after the international break, we would see him. But yeah, this was an easy game for uh, for City, and then mm-hmm. Wolves went down to ten men. I mean, they tried to play a bit more in the second half, but then City scored with Phil Foden, and that was just. Where is Wolves in the table? Let's see. Wolves, Wolves, Wolves. I think they're in the bottom half of the table. Because I don't know if... Have they won a game? Have they? Oh, they've won yeah. one game. They, they beat Southampton. Southampton. Which is not difficult right now, but... Yeah, Wolves are... <sighs> yeah, they're just about the relegation. Sorry, Compared right to where they... How they were playing last season. I remember Bruno Lage, one manager of the month, once or so, and they were doing well, and... I was like, this is a nice transition coming off the uh, Nuno, I guess, era um, of where he took them to. But I don't think they've been able to really continue that um, coming off the end of last season into now. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. But then the one thing we can say still early in the season, but still, it's it, it's not encouraging after seven games. No, not at all. But yeah, um, Jack Grealish finally got a goal. Um, you know, yeah, and City continued their uh, unbeaten run so far. And yeah, there's, there's just not much you can say about City. <laughs> uh, the game that surprised me was Newcastle won, Bournemouth won. It seems maybe getting rid of Scott Parker was was the right call because Bournemouth have been they haven't been terrible. Since he left. Oh, wow, they're 12th. Yeah, I mean, they've had... They, I mean, they drew with Wolves, then they beat Northam Forest, and then now they drew again, so... Yeah, I mean, not terrible results. Or yeah. is it like, we're not going down again? <laughs> yeah, maybe, and I was expecting a lot more from uh, from Newcastle, although uh, there, was a, there was a bit of VAR issue, yeah, but it wasn't as egregious... As the other weeks, well, what's uh, I can't remember what what exactly was it. I, I think it was a goal. Oh, oh no no, I'm thinking of the Austin Villa game and the goal that they scored. Yeah, the goal that they scored was VAR issue because of I wasn't sure if someone played the ball deliberately, but then it it was in a very murky area, so I think no one really had took an issue with VAR because it was something that was genuinely hard to judge. But then uh, in this game. I think this is a game you expect Newcastle to win based on how they've been playing. Mm-hmm. And it, it just didn't, didn't come up for them. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, again, we still have to remember as much as people have been lauding um, Newcastle and uh, the manager. And it's actually kind of funny that this was... Um, his return to his old club. But I think maybe that that could have played a part in, in them drawing. But then we also have to remember that Newcastle is still just entering this new phase of development that they've started. Even though they have all this money, it doesn't mean that you're just yeah, going to... Mean, it was, it was all, all Newcastle. Like if you look at the stats right now, like Newcastle had 72% of the possession. More shots... Yeah, and we know that in this league, you can do that and still lose. So, you know. Yeah, it was just... I mean, but just based on the stats, they should have bossed this game. Like, at least, I mean, they should have won this game. Mm. Let's see. Well, good for Bournemouth. Yeah, they, they got a point. And the final game on Saturday, the game where... The game started out... Interesting. It started out like I mean, let's just clear out the game we're talking about is uh Tottenham versus Leicester. And somehow this game that was two two at the end of the first half ended up being six two. But you know what's crazy? I wasn't surprised because Leicester are so bad right now. I mean like, Yes, they're bad, but they actually played well in the first half. No, they, they played decently. They they kept up pace with uh, with Spurs. In fact, 
They scored the first goal. I mean, you're, it was a penalty. Yeah, it, it was a penalty. Then Spurs came back to uh, two. With the Hurricane header. Hurricane header, and I think Eric Dyer or something. Yeah, In fact, they had a header. They, I will say Spurs have become very good at set pieces. Yeah, they have. In fact, I think it could have been 3-1, but then uh, Sanchez had fouled the goalkeeper in Richmond, and so the goal was chalked off. But then Tottenham, I mean, Leicester got themselves back in the game. Yeah, and like that James thinking, Madison goal, like, I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I that saw was, it. Wow. And I was thinking, oh, man, okay, we're going to have a tasty second half. And I guess it was tasty, but not in the way anyone thought. Because this is a result that even Spurs fans are like, the 6-2 is a huge lie. Yeah. No, because, like, yeah, I was watching uh, Expression, and he was like, the football is terrible. It was not a 6-2 game, but, you know, you take the win, and you can't say anything else about that. You, I mean, Son came on and scored a hat-trick in, what, 16 minutes? Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know if that's... A, I think that's for Tottenham. That's, like, a record. Yeah, it, no, he's the first player to come off the bench and score a hat-trick for Spurs in their entire history, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so... And maybe it was good for him to get dropped because, you know, we've been talking about how yeah, he's been maybe underperforming. Yeah, yeah, the funny thing, a lot of Spurs fans have been saying drop him. Mm. And maybe if Conte had dropped him earlier, he would have bounced back yeah. quicker and then they probably wouldn't have lost maybe sports in the middle sports of Sports in the middle of it. Because they, they, he ripped, like he said, I'm not going to, no one is undroppable. I think after that game, after they lost. And they lost, I think, in a convincing enough fashion. Yeah, they. I mean, they lost the game in the last you know, two minutes. Yeah, but they didn't play well. Yeah, but throughout yeah, but that they game. didn't play well at all. Sp- Sporting definitely deserved to win. In in this game, watching this game, like you wouldn't say Spurs deserved to win, but Leicester were just Leicester terrible. did not. Des- well, yeah, um, it, it, it is that like Leicester's defense did not deserve anything from this game. That, yeah. that that's more. It is. It's not. I Tottenham didn't deserve to win. Leicester did not deserve any points <laughs> because here's the thing if if it was 2-2 going at halftime I saw it and I said I would want the game to be more interesting but I just know that Leicester don't have like right now they don't have any resilience or anything like that they're going to crumble they don't have and wait and, and I knew fair, it and I was right to be fair the goals that Son scored were like were worldies yeah the first two he scored but it was st- it's still like I mean it still shows that Spurs strength is still just their counter you know nick the ball off from an opposition play and then you know they just play very quickly to either Son or, or Kane and you know they just run out and defenders don't like that I mean listen right now if it works it, it no, works no, you know it's working for them it's why like I would like to see them play against Manchester United that would be interesting. Like two teams, both managers. Well, I, I mean, how would they do the, it? The thing that Ten Hag style is definitely not counter, but I think he's realized that, like, with the players he has, yeah, he doesn't have that's the team their to strength do it right now. Yeah. It's counter. So, the, yeah, that's. I just want to say, like, two teams whose main strength is counter attack, and how would they just sit back up each other? And just, yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will say. I don't know if it's an indication of where how Spurs will play against other teams? Oh, I think it is. Because you know, Spurs has pretty much been Manchester City's bogey team. And the reason is because that's how they've been playing. They just sit back, absorb it, and then hit them on the counter. One thing I will say about City, though, this season is that they've shown a knack for coming back um, from being one or two goals down. So, but then, you know, it's playing yeah, against then, Conte... Yeah, playing he against the Conte team will be, yeah, be very different. So it, it, it's still like, uh, I think that I've, I know a lot of Spurs fans do not enjoy watching their team right now. Like, they literally hate watching their team. Mm. But they're ready to sacrifice good football. Yeah, for a trophy. If they win something, which uh, is is completely fine. Because I don't even enjoy watching them. It's just like, you get the ball, quickly pass it to her. To Kane or Son or someone, and let mm. them run. Like you know what your tactic is, but it's because the the front three are so good. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very hard to stop them. And and Leicester, like, and Ivan Perisic. I mean, he's been he's been a great signing for them so far. Yeah, he's he's been decent. I mean, if you go to Leicester, like some people are saying, 
Rodgers is going to be sacked. But I'm like, why would they sack him? They didn't buy any players. They didn't help him to no strengthen the squad in any way mm. that's like pretty much like cutting someone's legs that made me mad at the person that doesn't have legs like it's like well, you cut off the person's legs why are you mad at him for not having legs i think there was an expectation from leicester fans that despite the lack of recruitment that rogers would is competent enough of a manager to still be able to get some results nah, the fact that they've not gotten any result nah, has been nah, so i believe that damaged. is just naive silly thinking if, if you believe that because the, like to me it comes back to pretty much who is considered the greatest manager of all time alex ferguson even when he won a league he always strengthened the squad because logic should tell you that like every other person is going to strengthen if you don't strengthen then you, you you're not just standing still you're falling behind right and and that is the that is the board of lesser's city's fault at the same time i think people do have that expectation whether it's silly or not that look at what you've done before you should be able to but then you're right that when everyone is strengthening and you don't do the same thing then you can't expect to uh yeah i mean get a favorable result even that season when they won the when they won the league that's summer before they brought in new players they recruited they i mean it it boggles my mind I, like to me if they fire the guy then i'll just be like okay they probably just they just wanted to get rid of the guy i wanted to come up with some terrible excuse mm. but it's it's bad is is bad yeah if, uh, if anyone wants some free points play Lester. yeah pretty much at this point it's play Lester or forest or west ham <laughs> those yeah. three teams are not this time is another one of us yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to them in due course and then on Sunday we had uh, Brentford versus Arsenal yeah early kickoff yeah very early for us it was 7am on a set on, on a Sunday yeah but um, it was funny I I uh, woke up around like 7.30am which was uh, 30 minutes into the match because I was just I just didn't have the strength to wake up at um when the match started so i looked at my phone and i saw it was like the notifications was like two nil up to arsenal i was like huh okay and you know what i don't know about you but from a lot of what i was seeing online and on social media before the game started there was a lot of there was a sense of fear yes. from a lot of arsenal fans and, and even like commentators and and personalities on on the internet because of what happened last season on the I, first I game mean, it's not just that but also Brentford another easy team to beat at their ground yeah they've taken points off all the big teams at home and earlier this season we saw how they took apart Manchester United like let's say it was something where they only beat them like one year but it was four yeah but w- one thing that I felt throughout the week I didn't f- I didn't have that because I looked at the way Arsenal has played so far from the beginning of the season. They don't let the opponents have time on the ball, whether home or away. So there's something different. And we've talked about there's something different in the way that they not only press, but the way that they retain the ball and play around their opponents. There's evidently something very different about this Arsenal team. They're definitely more... um, What's the word I'm thinking of? They have more resolve. Mm, there's more grit. There's yeah. more assuredness. Maybe. Yeah, there's more assuredness. You, you could tell they were playing like, like. It was a nice kick about with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do. That. Uh, I guess you could say that, but I mean, like last year, like, um, one of Arsenal's issue was that when they won, they won in patches. Mm-hmm. I mean, in like a group, but then when they lost, they also lost in the patch. And so with them losing their last game to United, I guess that's the one thing people weren't sure. Yeah, of like, there was a lot of like you know, affair yeah, of deja vu yeah, repetition. If, if, like if you know that loss is, a, I mean, yeah, they did win their next game in the Europa League, but you know, it was not the same level of opposition. Yeah, different level of opposition and also different 
frame of mind also going into that because you know it's the first group stage game and like it's the one like you can always afford to lose the first group uh group game it's, mm. it's the ones at the end that you shouldn't afford to lose so yeah but then yeah i didn't watch the first half and i saw a little bit of the second half but then the vibe i got from everywhere was that as the game was going on they're like Arsenal were barely even trend, and then when I watched the like highlights, there's barely anything of of Brentford. It's like they were completely nullified and yeah. shut down at home. And I don't think that's just because Brentford decided not to show up. I think there's an element of that. I think is also the fact that, like I said, I don't think Arsenal are really letting their opponents pass the halfway point most of the time. If they let, if they get close to goal. The, the defense seems very sure of itself now in the Arsenal team. Yeah, I mean, they were still playing that same high line that they did against United. And also but, Thomas Party was back, which was a big difference. Yeah, it made a difference, but then, you know, Brentford doesn't have the same speed in behind uh, yeah, that United yeah, that does, United does. Yeah. on the counter. And so, yeah, they, they pretty much just shut everything down that, that Brentford tried to do. And yeah, and I think also, you know, last year was also playing in the players' minds, especially the same players that were, that played in that same game last year. And so, I mean, to be fair, it was only about what, four or so? Five of them. Because I, I remember people seemed to forget there was a COVID outbreak in the team. They didn't have the main strikers. They had to put in some under 23s. Yeah, I remember it was Falani Barlgo who started as striker. Yeah. Uh, there was no Lacazette, no yeah, I think Pablo Mari. Uh, Pablo Mari, I think played. Holding started. Yeah, Holding. No, it wasn't Holding. I think it was Chambers. Oh, because right. I remember it was Ben White's first game. Like yeah, so I think yeah, they those same players had a point to prove, maybe not just to themselves, but like to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was it was a very easy game for Arsenal. Yeah. A game that honestly. If they had more of their shooting boots on, could have yeah, it could have been like four or five. Yeah, should have been. But I mean, um, notable mentions: Fabio Vieira coming in for Odegaard. Again, talking about depth. Um, I, this is his first Premier League start, and I think he made a very good account of himself. Scored a nice, yeah, he's got a nice goal. I mean, goal. I mean, the little I saw, he didn't do anything crazy. He was tidy. He was like you know, a nice, solid debut and then the goal was the icing on the top that's the one thing i'll say that's in his game that odegaard doesn't have because i don't see odegaard taking that shot no no i don't yeah i mean odegaard did score like a worldie for arsenal in the europa league in his first season when he was on loan but that was like one of the few times he's actually shot from distance and also i think last year against brighton at the emirates mm. when they lost that game in the but then that one had a deflection but yeah it, it was yeah, just job done. Yeah, and then for the last one thing to mention was um, uh, Arteta decided to give a debut to now um, the youngest ever player to um, play in the Premier League, um, Ethan Nwaneri, who's of Nigerian descent. A 15-year-old kid playing in the Premier League. I think it was funny. I think... Um, uh, the Arsenal fans in the away end were singing. He's got school in the morning. <laughs> yeah, he's still on a uh, schoolboy mm-hmm. contract. Yeah. Although technically he didn't have school because I think it's a holiday because of the Queen's funeral. But if it wasn't, yeah, he yeah <laughs> he would. And I saw a lot of memes of like him going to school the next day and then the crowds. <laughs> but I thought it was it was like again like it's it's like I can't imagine like being 15 and starting for a Premier League club, even if it's just for a few minutes like that, that you know, and um, I read a little bit about him. Um, he's playing in the under-18s and he debuted for the under-18s at 14 and he's been promoted to the under-21. So he, he's clearly one of those, you know, ones to watch. Um, but I thought that was, that was good and, and it spoke to you know, what is possible for for a lot of the kids in those academies seeing something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's a cynical part of me, but part of me was just thinking like it's like like it's like 
oh, this game is nothing to us. Let's just put in. I mean, of course, if there was something on the line, he would not be starting. Right? Yeah, I mean, cause the one thing I know is that the only reason he was even on the bench is because Odegaard and Chanko yeah. and them were injured. I mean, it's you know, well, but that's life. I think. Yeah, you never know how your opportunity comes at, you know, based on something that spot opens up and and that's what happened for him but he'll probably go back into the under 21s and then it'll be a few years before we probably see him if we're being honest yeah yeah it'll take a while before we see him again like i said he's still on a schoolboy contract he has to study for his uh for his gcses (laughs) and uh yes finally everything got their first win of the season beating west Ham one go to nil uh, Moyes not having a good day on his uh, on his return to the Moyes Derby. Yeah, um, I think hard fought win for Everton again. Uh, Alex will be in his new role in in uh, as like a facilitator, doing really well in that role. He put the ball through for Neil Mopé, and Neil Mopé scoring his first goal for Everton. Um, and it was a good goal. And, um, yeah, Everton got a win. They still have a lot of issues um, in pretty much most areas. But, yeah, I think I think the one thing is as they keep going on, somehow it seems like there's a sort of doggedness. Oh, no, there's them. definitely, yeah, that, dog, that grit in this Everton team. They just haven't been able to turn it into yeah. goals and stuff. But I think this will g- give them a lot of confidence. Yeah, and I think the international break came at the wrong time for them. Maybe because with this win, you'd be itching to like okay, play the next game, yeah, play the next game. Let's continue that because the break pretty much just hauls that momentum for pretty much everything that's playing well, mm. and you know, and, and join it because because yeah, I think the only team that maybe it won't affect is maybe something like Man City because they're just on that level. And then, but it could, it's also good for some other teams who sort of like you know need a break to like sort of reset like who their season haven't been going well. It's uh, yes, that was West Ham. On the other hand, are sitting like what they're bottom three, I believe. Yes, they're seven eighteenth. I don't know what is going on with West Ham this season. Like I actually cannot tell you why. They are not playing well. They bought Lucas Paqueta. I think they bought somebody else in. I mean, they should have beaten Tottenham. Oh, yes. If not for them uh, missing, you know, easy chances. Yeah, I don't know. Moyes needs to sort of... Maybe the end, we can say the break came at the right time for them. So, let's see what happens. Yeah, it probably did, yeah. Yeah. I would say pretty much for every team that's teams like Leicester, Forest, West Ham, even Wolves. Like a lot of these teams who've been having a terrible time, the break is is a good is a good chance for them to like reset mm. and get everything in. So let's see, those were all the games for this past weekend, and then you know we have the uh, the international break coming up. And stupid international break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it was just like now, because you know, just looking forward to the month of October and like all the the clusters of fixtures and everything. It's it, October is is a mad mad month, and then for like Arsenal, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they have Spurs, Spurs and Liverpool, I believe. Yeah, and then they have Liverpool. And I think they were supposed to have Man City in there as well, but then that game has been moved because of the Europa League. And then they have Leeds. But then if Arsenal wants to like, you know, be taken seriously and yeah, they have at least to for the top four, they gotta play this game. Yeah. I mean the, the Oh jeez, the early kickoff. That is <sighs> come yeah, on. It, 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 it's the early kickoff for October first. For a North London derby. And then West Ham and Wolves have the lake. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. It is it is what it is at this point. I mean, the, the one thing that's curious about this game is because 
Spurs tactics are going to be pretty similar to what Manchester United did. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can can Arsenal adapt? Yeah, so it will be interesting to see how Mikel Arteta sets up his team to nullify Spurs' strength, which kind of looks to be Arsenal's weakness because they played a high line. Oh, but then, you know, probably we'll use our next show to to discuss all the upcoming games when we when we get that chance. Because, yeah, it's... Uh, because there's games on October 1st, then 2nd, then 3rd, then the 8th, then the 9th, then the 10th, <sighs> then the 14th, then the 15th, then the 16th, then the 18th. And <laughs> yeah, October is looking crazy. Almost every day in October. It's like teams are playing like every three to four days. It's insane. It's wild. It's wild. And then they take a break in November. So, yeah, so many games, so little time. Let's see how it goes. I think um, whoever, t- whichever teams come out of October with the most points, I think that that will really spur them on for the rest of the season. I but mean, then you have the World Cup. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. <laughs> There's the break. I think October is going to be hard for every team, pretty much. And I think only teams with like really deep squads will survive October. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how good you are because you want to – and yeah, I think there's also still like some European games in between all of that. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. But yeah, that's um I think yeah. that's most of what we have for now. Yeah, that's what we have for this oh, excuse me, uh for this week. Um there's uh, there was one thing I saw some people discussing and I just wanna get your opinion on it. People were saying that the Premier League is becoming like the Bundesliga or all uh, or the French league or the Italian league that's becoming you know a one team league um I've seen that also, but I don't really agree because in the Premier League there's many storylines um when it comes to the title, yes, it's been city for the past few seasons, but the fact that Liverpool have a chance is still more yeah, telling than other leagues. Yeah, no, I think people are forgetting history because if you go back to when the Premier League started, Manchester United won seven of the first ten Premier Leagues. No one called it a one-team league then. Yeah. And then even then even after that, I think they won eight of the next eleven or, or, or something. No one called it a one-team. League then I, I think I think there is some bias against City because of how quickly they came up and yes. stuff and because you know okay City have won what five of the last ten. Manchester United did better than that, like I said, when first they did seven out of uh, out of ten. And I don't even think uh City is gonna match that. Like, the so league is more competitive now, it's in more my competitive opinion. And, than and they're, they're ever. It's a one team, but I was like, City only won the league. Uh, like, pretty much the most dramatic seasons we've had have been the ones where City won it. Yeah, it by like out, one point. Yeah. <laughs> when they won their first league, it was on the very last day that they won it. Uh, the last one was the last day. Yeah, it, the last one was the last day. The one, Yeah, I think even the one before that was also the last day that I think and there were other interesting storylines the top four yeah. race the yeah, like top City, six race the, the yeah, relegation the race that, like, I mean the only team who's won the league early recently was Liverpool yeah and, and, they, and they had to be insanely perfect just yeah, to do and I think they won it with like I think was it like I think they, they won it pretty early though with like I think seven or eight games to go mm. City have been pushed all the way every time every time it, yeah which means there's competitions so yeah, like so when so when I hear City fans say that they feel like there's some sort of, I guess agenda is too big a word, but some sort of bias against them saying that they're spoiling the league. And I, like, I kind of have to agree a little bit. I would say so. I I think it's more to do with yes, it's it's when you're owned by a nation state, you will have people not liking that, and and it's what's going. If Newcastle reach the levels that they want to reach, it's the same thing is going to happen. Yeah, it was saying something good. But then they're not going to like... Like, I don't think anyone in the Premier League is going to repeat what United did. Well, I mean, 
if City win the league this year, then they would have repeated what United did and, you know, uh, won the league three years in a row. Only United uh, have done that in the Premier League era. Other teams did it before the Premier League was formed. I think Liverpool, Arsenal, I think one other team as well. But in the Premier League era, only United, and they've done it twice. Mm. So, yeah, it's... it's I, I don't know. Yeah, I think this is the most competitive that this league has been like yeah, it's ever been maybe. Very com- <laughs> and the thing is, it's everywhere that has been competitive. Yeah. The league, the top four, even like the top six for the other European spots, and then teams trying to avoid relegation. A lot of times, relegation has also gone down to the last day. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, Leeds avoided relegation in the last day of last year. I, I don't know if... Bundesliga or you know even know, La Liga Bundesliga maybe we'll have something this year because Brian haven't started the season great mm. I've been and seeing Nagelsmann's name in, in like possibly some to maybe get fired yeah I saw that as well but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon mm. and then Juve having a terrible season yeah, yeah. and people have been calling for Allegri's head yeah they just lost to a newly promoted team and, and people have been coming at um, uh, Atletico because yesterday they it was the Madrid derby. Yeah, and yeah, they didn't play so well. I think, did you see Simeone's comments about? No, was, I didn't. He was saying it was ironic how Real Madrid played on the counter, and you know did a low block because people have criticized him for how he sets up his team and everything. <laughs> Teams who always play a low block get upset when other teams play a low block against them. I mean, that's always been the case. So I bet you if if Conte plays against a team that does a low block to them, he will complain mm. that, like, how are you supposed to play against a team that yeah. plays negative football? You, managers have done that for eons. <laughs> Stuff like that, I, I, I just ignore it at this point. And everyone's a hypocrite. <laughs> That's just a simple answer for that. But yeah, yeah, I think I we'll think anything else. We'll, we'll end it there for this week. Thank you for listening and joining us. I guess we'll we'll be back again next week to discuss the upcoming games and also maybe take a look at what's happened with some of the uh, internationals. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye.